0: This is Business 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.
1: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. As of today, a landmark arms control treaty that President Reagan and the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev signed three decades, decades ago is now over with. Correspondent Ben Thomas has a report.
2: The United States and Russia have both walked away from the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. Washington blames Moscow, saying it's been violating the treaty for years.
1: Meanwhile, correspondent Rita Foley reports Mexico plans to open more shelters for immigrants seeking asylum in the U.S.
3: It's a former assembly plant in Juarez, across from El Paso, Texas. The idea is to provide the immigrants meals, medical attention, and more, while they wait for the U.S. to decide on their asylum requests.
1: That is Rita Foley reporting a popular surfing beach has been closed north of San Diego after a cliff collapse there, sending tons of sandstone on the beachgoers below killing three people this is srn news
4: does your office need a little tlc do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky and isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago if so i've got the solution hi i'm tasha owner of forever cleaning we're family owned and offer affordable reliable office cleaning all over the twin cities metro area so if your office is screaming for help Call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number 4, EVRcleaning.com. Remember... Forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.
5: Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American Pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time and an effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall. And if it's an all-electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be.
6: The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show.
0: Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation.
6: As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you.
5: Unemployment is
7: low because everyone has two jobs.
8: Please bring on the recession.
6: It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan.
5: Welcome back. Keep it keep it up for a moment. You have to wait for this. This is the J Powell theme song. Yes, sir. Okay, you can take it down now. King Ban Show, Business 1440. It is an hour of thinking about what the heck did the Fed do this week? I don't understand exactly what he did. Well, I do, and I actually am going to give you during this hour um, a couple examples. There are two examples that he calls to when he talks about a mid-cycle adjustment I could see, indeed. I'll play some. We'll play some clips from the press conference on Wednesday. Jay Powell, of course, coming out for a press conference after the FOMC released a statement saying it was reducing the interest rate for the first time in over ten years. It was reducing the interest rate on on the Fed funds down uh, by twenty five basis points to a range of two to two and a quarter percent. It took. It didn't. It took nobody by surprise. Indeed, at one point, at one point, Mr. Powell seems to be patting himself on the back for the fact, well, we told you we were going to do this, and so we've delivered what we said we were going to do. Here's the problem with that: if you if you say I'm going to do X, and the market believes, and, and the market, your spouse. Your coworker, your employee, your customer—if you say you're going to do X, and you are a credible person or institution, doing X then conveys no additional information to who it is you're trying to speak. It tells them nothing other than, than, than oh yeah. The sun came up this morning. I was expecting that. That doesn't change my behavior in any way whatsoever. And so the only thing that that the Fed can do if it wants to change behavior at the time it makes a rate cut is one of two things. First, first it could just decide, we'll shock them. We'll tell them it's not going to happen, then we'll do it. I'll come back to that in a moment. The second thing they can do is come out and have a very clear statement of what they now think that's going to happen and what they intend to do next. The Fed did neither thing on Wednesday. He did exactly what the market expected, or in the words of at least one analyst that I was reading uh, later this week, the Fed permitted all of those who had bet on a 25 basis point cut to collect their winnings at at the betting window. Right? That's all they did. They just cashed them out, said, Yep, you're fine. You get you get you get to go. And then on the other hand, he says uh, on the other and, and then in the next step what he says is that that there is a there is some reason for this that isn't what the maybe the market expected and so what we'll do is we will play through a number of these cuts and then i'm going to play some market reaction to it which was kind of all over the board but let me go ahead and 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 john if you can get the large we've got the entirety of the press conference queued up and i'm going to have them skip across a a fair amount of it. it's about a 45 minute it was about a 43 45 minute press conference uh obviously we don't have that many minutes (laughs) to play you the whole dang thing so we're going to skip around to some bits um but i want you to hear uh, a few pieces uh this is uh from his prepared remarks we have two cuts from the prepared statement let's play the first of those john if you can
2: rate reduction, and then turn to the path forward.
4: As the year began,
2: both the economy and monetary policy were in a good place. The unemployment rate was below 4 percent, and inflation had been running near our 2 percent objective for nine months. Our interest rate target was at the low end of estimates of neutral. Over the first half of the year, the economy grew at a healthy pace, and job gains pushed unemployment to near a half-century low. Wages have been rising, particularly for lower-paying jobs. People who live and work in low- and middle-income communities tell us that many who have struggled to find work are now getting opportunities to add new and better chapters to their lives. This underscores for us the importance of sustaining the expansion so that the strong job market reaches more of those left behind. Through the course of the year, weak global growth, trade policy uncertainty, and muted inflation have prompted the FOMC to adjust its assessment of the appropriate path of interest rates. The Committee moved from expecting rate increases this year to a patient stance about any changes, and then to today's action. The median Committee participants' assessments of the neutral rate of interest and the longer-run normal rate of unemployment have also declined this year, reinforcing the case for a somewhat lower path for our policy rate. These changes in the anticipated path of interest rates have eased financial conditions and have supported the economy. Okay. So stop there,
5: please. This so this cut basically is is explaining the path. He says, we've been conditioning you through these changes. At the beginning of the year we thought we were going to raise rates in 2019. So did I. Then we told you we were going to be patient. I thought that was a mistake, but but over time I've come to I've come around to their view. I think they were more right than I was in March because I didn't see the economy tightening and I didn't see the financial markets tightening to quite the extent they did I think their information was better than mine it took me a month or two to realize what had happened so they tick through all that and they go through global conditions and, and so forth and then eventually, eventually they go ahead and say they need, they need to make the. They need to make this change. So could you skip forward and play uh, the, from prepared remarks number two, the, the second cut, please? Look.
2: Over the year, however, incoming information on global growth, trade policy uncertainty, and muted inflation have led the committee to gradually lower its assessments of the path of policy interest rate that would best support that outlook. Today, we judge that those factors warrant the policy
5: adjustment I described. Okay. So he says here. He so he says, look, we've got, and and I want I'm going to read this because I got I've got the transcript in front of me. So I'm going to read to you from from this. The committee you know, list off global growth, trade policy uncertainty, muted inflation. And two of the three items on there are external factors. Okay, that have different types of issues and then muted inflation, which is not really a problem, but but I'll explain in a moment why, what I think of this, have led the committee to gradually lower its assessment of the path path of the policy interest rate that would best support that outlook. Now, as you know, we've spent time here on the King Banging Show talking about the dot plot. And the dot plot is the plot of what's happening with... with uh, the dot plot is the... Expectation that fell. The FOMC members, all twelve presidents and the seven governors, minus those seats that are currently vacant. It asks them, "What do you think about where the where the Fed funds rate will be at the end of this year, at the end of the next year, at the end of two years from now, and then in the long run? What's the right? What's the neutral rate for this?" That happens four times a year. The July meeting is not one of the four meetings in which they release that. So here's a problem. Powell is the one that decided he needed to come out and speak at every meeting. When Bernanke started to do these press conferences and then yell and after, they would do only after every other FOMC meeting. And they would do it after every other FOMC meeting. They did it on the FOMC meetings in which you would get the dot plot. So he doesn't have, in essence, the stage prop he needs to make this point, he doesn't have a dot plot behind him. The question that I would have been asking and was asking while I'm listening to the press conference is, so did your dot plot change? Did you do a survey? Do you have any idea of what that is? Obviously, you've got a diversity of opinion because you had two dissents on this. Now, I, I will point out, I titled a... a blog post on my rarely use WordPress blog, which I'll tweet out to you again during the show here today. Um the okay you will have two You have a you had two dissents, you had a diversity of view. Did you have changes in view on the other side? Because you've only had one Fed president. You've had two Fed presidents who've come out and said they wanted a cut. One wanted twenty five, one wanted fifty. The twenty five would would be would be James Bullard, the fifty would be Neil Kashkari. Did something change? Did the median move down to this level? Because the last dot w- plot we had didn't say this. So he starts that, and so there's a little bit of confusion. And then I'm then, then, yeah, I think we got enough time to do this before we get we, before we get to the first break. The very first question he gets, which is from uh, uh, Gina Smalik, uh from uh, the New York Times. Business writer at the New York Times, ask a question that I think. Ask two questions. and We're not going to play questions. I'm just going to play your answers. He says, "What are you looking at to convince you to need to cut rates again? What's the hurdle to cut rates again?" And he gives this answer to that part of her question. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip over part of this. So this is this is uh, the third uh, cut on mid. Th- where he first uses this phrase, mid-cycle adjustment.
0: Gina Smiley with the New York Times. Um, per your statement here, I guess the question is, is there any reason to believe that a 25 basis point cut is going to be sufficient to expediently return inflation to your 2% target? And if not, what are you going to be looking at to convince you that you need to cut rates again? What is the hurdle right there?
2: So I, I think you have to look at not, not just the 25 basis point cut, but look at the Committee's actions over the course of the year. As I noted in my opening statement, um, uh, we we started off expecting some rate increases. We moved to a patient setting for a few months, and now we've moved here. I think what you've seen over the course of the year is as we've moved to a more accommodative policy, the the economy has actually performed just about as expected with that gradually increasing support. And I think I wouldn't take credit for all of that, but I do think that increasing policy support has has kept – economy on track and kept the, the outlook favorable. Um, in terms of uh, the, the rest of your question, the Committee is really thinking of, of this as uh, as a way of adjusting policy to a somewhat more accommodative stance to further the three objectives that I mentioned, to um, ensure against uh, downside risks, to to provide support to the economy, that those factors are uh, for, where, where factors are, are pushing are, are pushing down on economic growth, and then to support inflation. So we do think it'll serve all of those goals, but again, we're thinking of it as essentially
5: in the nature of a mid-cycle adjustment to policy. Now, if I had a soundboard right there, when he says those last three, four words, "mid-cycle adjustment to policy," we would I would have played the sound of a record being scratched right there. Wheels are turning in the audience. I, I obviously we're, we're radio. You can't see. You can't. But if you watch the video, and you had the video where they had they had the the scan of the of the people in the room. So some of the feeds you get are just focused on Powell and nobody else. But sometimes you get you get a feed that looks at the rest of the room. There was like a sort of like a you could, you could almost see a bunch of furrowed brows and and looking at each other like what 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 was that mid-cycle adjustment to policy? I'll explain to you what a mid-cycle adjustment to policy is. We'll give you the story right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
9: If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments, and it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. relieffactor.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your
0: favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are better alternatives. For example... Just ask Alexa to tune in.
4: Alexa, play Business Radio 1440.
0: Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa
7: and Amazon smart speakers. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station they say they're not great salesmen just great roofers but if you're a homeowner you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen but terrible roofers about contractors with no integrity so my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center not just of their business but of their lives that's the kingdom builders and yeah they are great roofers i have a challenging roof third floor lots of details and it was last re-roofed when i was just out of high school and yet From the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So, yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest looking roof on my block. So, call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you and he loves his
6: new roof. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a
2: premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio
0: app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download
5: iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440.
0: It's Jobs Saturday on the King Banyan Show. Here on Business
10: 1440.
5: Well, the condition of this economy is actually very different than the last two times there was a mid-cycle adjustment to policy. The four fatal words of Jay Powell in the press conference on Wednesday. Okay, here in the hour of the Fed on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Thank you for being here. Of course, the King Banyan Show is the kickoff of uh, the Northern Alliance Radio Network every weekend here between uh, Business 1440 and our sister station, AM 1280, The Patriot. I understand AM 1280 is going to have a big announcement of a... Have a new live event happening. Uh, that's co- the announcement's going to happen on Monday, I think. So you got it right, you're gonna, King. yeah, you're going to want to stay tuned. Okay, and 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 you know, it, I don't know that I don't know that anybody has any more uh, radios where you've got the buttons you have to have for your presets. Okay, but if you still got a radio in your car and you got presets on there, make sure you got both fourteen forty and twelve eighty preset on your am dial okay because that's and you're going to want because you're going to want to listen in on that or go over to am the thepatriotcom on monday and it, it, i'm just going to tease it it's going to be a pretty it's going to be a pretty neato event uh 651-289-4477 if you're if you're interested in in sharing views about about the what the fed did this hour we can, we can talk about job saturday too we can certainly talk about that we'll talk about any we'll talk about either of those topics but we'll just we'll just hang in with those two topics for today uh don't have much more to say about anything else at this moment but uh, so so he's dropped this in um uh uh without prompting he's asked a question and he sticks these words in mid cycle adjustment to policy now that phrase does not come to you unless you've already thought this th- somehow thought this through you've had some conversation about already all right i don't think he just pulled this one pulled this one you know uh out of some random access memory in his brain i think he's had a conversation one of the things i observed from this press conference generally speaking is he's much more comfortable with a script than doing q a much more comfortable doing doing a scripted event indeed when he made the mistake of of basically saying the 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 balance sheet runoff was on automatic pilot and talked about the rate increases back in back in december they basically dusted him off handed him a script and sent him to uh, the american economic association meetings three weeks later and had him basically do a mea culpa and he was reading his lines he didn't read this line this line came out came out of him and so he decides to go ahead and 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 talk about this again now i'm going to i'm going to play first uh, this is from the press conference this is Steve Leesman from CNBC who who any of you that uh, have CNBC on in the background as you listen to you should be listening to Bloomberg instead by the way but if you're listening to CNBC you know who Steve Leesman is one of their one of their prime reporters uh, business reporters and anchor on uh, uh, Squawk box Um Anyway, he has he's there for the press conference, and he's kind of the big name in the room. So when he puts the when he when he gets his turn to ask a question, everyone's like, oh, okay, this is the Leesman question. Let's go ahead and play this interchange between Steve Leesman and Jay Powell Wednesday from the press conference after the FOMC meeting.
11: NBC, I, I, I just want to follow up on that. Um, would you say we're sort of? You, you guys have gotten into a new regime here. This is sort of an insurance cut and not a data-dependent cut? And are, are we now more in the realm of watching headlines of trade talks than we are watching unemployment rate and inflation numbers or, and, and growth numbers? What, how do we know what you're going to do next and why now?
5: The Stop future? there. So I got- That is an amazingly good question. I am not a big fan of this guy. But that question wins the press conference. That's the best question he gets asked. Listen to the answer. I gave three reasons for what we did. And that, that is to insure against
2: downside risks to the outlook from weak global growth and trade tensions. So that is, in, in a sense, that is a risk management uh, point, And that is a bit of insurance. But we also feel like weak global growth and trade tensions are having an effect on the US economy. You see it now. In second quarter, you see weak investment. You see weak manufacturing. So support demand for it there. Um, uh, and also to support return of inflation at two percent. So, there, but there is definitely an insurance aspect of it. Um, the trade is unusual. We don't, you know, the, the thing is, it, it, there isn't a lot of experience in responding to global trade tensions. So it, it is a uh, uh, something that uh, um, we haven't faced before, and that we're learning by doing. And it, it is not, it's not exactly the same as watching global growth, where you see growth weakening, you see central banks and, and governments responding with fiscal policy, and you see growth strengthening, you see a business cycle yet with, with trade tensions which do Stop seem to be right ha-
5: there. Okay, we can stop there. Okay, we don't need the rest of this. This is, this is interesting. Um, in, he says at the end of this, I'm, just gonna, I'm trying to save a little time, he says, we're not criticizing in any way trade policy, that's not really our job, but he's responding to it. And here's the problem. We are conflating two very different effects. If Europe and China go into a recession, for whatever reasons, we don't do anything, but they go into a recession. That's a drag on our exporters, and that's going to weaken demand in the United States. Because it's a weakening of demand from overseas for U.S. goods. That is one thing. And movements... Movements in monetary policy impact the economy through sh- changing aggregate demand. Basically, you're trying to come up with a with a counter w- with a countercyclical policy move. so if the if the cycle is moving down because of overseas weakening, as I believe really is happening in Europe right now, I mean the data from Europe is just bad, okay? The Fed's seeing it, the Fed's reacting to it. Indeed, Mario Draghi for some reason decides their last ECB meeting, he is not going to change, he's not going to change policy. Instead, he's going to say, "Well, we're probably going to do it in September, we're not going to do it yet." Basically throwing Powell under the bus say, "We'll reduce our interest rates only after you do. Your turn, Mr. Powell." Well, he's already got negative the Europe's already got negative interest rates up and down the board. I retreated ret- retweeted uh, uh, earlier this morning a post from uh, Jim Bianco at Bianco Research, which shows a chart, um, a huge number of bonds, an increasing number of bonds, over now $14 trillion of government bonds around the world, pay negative yields. Right? And, and the Fed is, is well within its remit to try to address that. However, when he cites trade tensions and trade uncertainty, the impact of that is on the supply side of the economy, the delivery of capital, the delivery of entrepreneurship, the timing of of decisions to save, invest, produce, and earn. The Fed's policies have nothing to do with those things. It has zero impact on the supply curve. It's how we teach it. The only way you can have an impact on the supply curve is by changing inflationary, in the short run, is to have a change in inflationary expectations, and in the long run, it has no impact at all. It can't change the natural rate of unemployment. It can't change the natural rate of output. It can't change the natural, un- natural interest rate. Okay, this is what we've taught all the way from the first year of your college experience in the principal's course, all the way through your advanced macro theory course when you are working on a doctorate. It has no impact on that. And somehow this conversation has come to where the fact that uh, that trade issues are having an impact on what's going on in the economy is somehow the Fed's problem. Sir, it's not your problem. It is... It is the president's problem. It is President Xi's problem. It is Boris Johnson's problem. It is the problem of the European Union. It is your problem. You cannot impact that. Stop. Stop. Instead, you seem to be wanting to just jump right into this thing. Indeed, let's play quickly this uh, clip from... Uh, this this clip... Uh, no, you know what? Looking at the clock, never mind. We'll get there after this. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
8: Hey, good day. Welcome to our show, eh? Good day. You know, you don't have to drive down to the shows to get your best deal this year on a spa or a hot tub. No way, eh? Yeah, Premier Pool and Spa is having their show-stopping event with the Arctic Spa on sale. Yeah, those Arctic spas are made in Canada, eh? And they know how to build them for the cold, that's for sure. You know, at Arctic, you get true freeze protection. What's that? It gives you five days after the power goes out at four below before your tub starts to freeze. Instead of hours with the other guys. With that kind of insulation, it sure would save you big money. Oh, that's great, eh? And you don't have to go down to the shows? Well, how much can they really save you when they're spending an arm and leg to be there, eh? Hey, visit our showroom. We got no parking hassles, no showstopping barkers. Yeah, visit Premier Pool in Chanhassen today online at premierpools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. Premierpools.com. Premierpools.com
3: there is nothing that they won't do to get you the help you need to become a successful student at Online Trading Academy. My name is Brian I've been with Online Trading Academy since November 2016. What OTA has done for me they've really opened my eyes into how the financial markets work and how a financial advisor how do mutual funds work and how do they make money and what the expense is to me for them giving me Their advice. Teaching me that I can be in control of that is really helping me save the expense that they had been taking out of my portfolio. The only criteria that you need is the internal desire to want to become a trader and take financial control of your life.
7: Join us for a free investing class by calling pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword OTA or go to
3: learnwithota.com.
10: It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
5: So, welcome back, King Bang Show, Business 1440. Lots to do. This should have been a three-hour show, doggone it. Uh, First of all, so Steve Leisman's asked Jay Powell this question, and jay Powell at this at this point feels like he's just kind of fumbling through answers it's just it is really not going well i I don't have time to play all of this, but when he talks about a mid cycle adjustment um he you know he, he's now been asked about it, and he gives an answer, and indeed, you know what let's play uh, so after the press conference is over, I'm going to jump forward in the back into the press conference. Jumping forward after the press conference, uh, um, Leisman comes back onto CNBC, onto onto I think closing bell or one of their shows uh, late afternoon, and and is explaining what happened inside the room. Uh, and you can hear, you know, he he's, he kind of knows he's got he's got the de- the got the goods on him. So let's play cut number three, please. So. I feel like he didn't stick the landing, Melissa. That's the best way
11: I can put Say it. Say the least. Um, and, and I think he went in with a very high degree of difficulty. You can compare this to a gymnastics routine, right? And it is probably not far from one, at least a verbal gymnastic routine. He let the market go in with this expectation of three rate cuts. And the Fed did nothing to, tampen that da- to tamp that down, okay? And then he goes in and he says, look, here's what we did. We cut. And he said, here's why we did this cut. And that was kind of okay. But the landing is the part about, hey, here's what we're going to do next. And here's how you can know what we're going to do next. I don't feel like he was completely prepared for that. Now, you can go in in one of two ways. You can go in and say, hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be comfortable with where the market's priced and I'm not going to push against it. Or two, I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to push against it. He didn't really do either very well, I think. He, it's like if you see that Powell plunge that chart you had, you fell off and then you came back, and then the market didn't know quite what to do with it.
5: Well, you can imagine why not. I mean, if you listen to to some of the other answers he gives, I don't have time for all of them, but uh, let me just give you let me let me just give you one other answer. So, so about ten minutes later in the press conference, Craig Torres from Bloomberg is asking the question. He says. He says, so you're telling me you could be one and done? Really? You could be one and done? Let's go ahead and play the clip. This is Craig Torres, and then this is actually a response to Craig Torres. I don't think I think we just have the answer uh, here from uh, Jay Powell. Uh, go ahead and play that cut, John.
3: I'm trying to parse what you're saying um, here. On the one hand, so you say Taurus. the policy tilt in this statement is ease financial conditions, and that's helping the economy. And that tilt, market participants are interpreting this language, will act as appropriate, as still being in the statement. And on the other hand, you say it's not the start of, a, of, a, of an easing cycle. So what are you saying? Does that mean, you know, with one or two more cuts, you'll be done and this policy bias comes out of the statement? Or simply that this policy bias will come out of the statement sooner than market participants think?
2: So it, it, it is, um, as I mentioned. So it's, it's going to depend on the evolving data and the evolving uh, risk picture. But as we look at the situation now and the outlook now, what we see is um, uh, that it, it's appropriate to make uh, make an adjustment in policy to a somewhat more accommodative stance. That's what we're seeing, and that's what we're going to be looking. You know, we'll be looking. Uh, at incoming data, at all of the, uh, at, at the risks that I mentioned and the performance of the U.S. economy and at low inflation, we'll be looking at that uh, to make our decisions going forward.
5: Now, you may think that we cut off the rest of his answer. We didn't. That was the entirety of his answer. I mean, he just uh, he, he bombs it. Now, let me tell you, what were the last two mid-cycle corrections? One of them was in 1998. True. The economy was growing. In fact, the economy was growing quite strongly and continued to grow. Even through the Asian crisis, which has some parallels to what I'm seeing in Europe, but not to the the same extent. The Asian crisis was worse than what I'm seeing in Europe right now. And I don't even think a no-deal Brexit will be as bad as what we saw in Asia in 1997, 1998. It looks different. The only other one I can find in post-World War II history where the FOMC is meeting and making decisions on what it thinks should be happening with the Fed funds rate and so forth is to go back all the way to 1968, 67, excuse me, and in that particular case the Fed is trying to basically encourage, because it's worried about the budget deficit, it makes this really odd decision to cut the interest rate. In the middle of a year where GDP is growing at 5% plus in 1967, they cut the interest rate in the middle of this so because they had been raising interest rates before and they thought the raise in interest rates was causing Congress to not want to pass a tax increase because they were worried it would be too, that the combination of tighter money and tighter fiscal would cause a recession. We're going to cut rates so that you have you have the ability to do that without causing causing a recession. This looks nothing like that either. And the sixty seven cut I think is actually egregious. I was reading Alan Meltzer's uh, history of the Federal Reserve um, as I was thinking about getting ready for this, and and the changes it, it's just utterly remarkable that that they would talk about this so when he talks about i'm going to ask, ask you to go backwards one cut john when he talks about what a mid-cycle adjustment is honest to goodness i listen to what he has to say and i think to myself i don't think he actually knows what he's talking about here okay let's go back to that to that cut this would be the fifth cut that i i pointed out to you john
0: um, you called it a mid-cycle adjustment to policy. And, I mean, what should we take this to mean? And what message do you mean to send with this move today about future rate moves?
2: Well, the sense of that is, I mean, I mean that refers back to uh, other times when the FOMC has, has cut rates in the middle of a cycle. And uh, I, I, I'm, con- I'm contrasting it there with um, the beginning, for example, the beginning of, of a lengthy cutting cycle.
12: So we're not at the beginning of a lengthy
2: cutting that, cycle? That is not, um, that's not what we're seeing now. That's not our perspective now or outlook.
5: And that's why the f- the market just tanked. I mean, it, it started to tank after the question from uh, the New York Times reporter, it really took off once they had heard his response to Leisman that we heard a moment ago uh, and, before the break. And then this, I mean, this is just, this is word salad. I mean, this, he doesn't have an explanation for what he's doing right there. Here's the real problem. He doesn't have the dot plot. He's going to do exactly what the market expects. He's going to cut 25 basis points. And he does that. And I agree with Leisman to the extent that, that, on that, he's made it clear why he's doing it. I don't love the reason. I particularly don't love the reason that somehow trade policy uncertainty now controls the controls the Fed. I think that's nonsense. But if you've seen weaker global demand for U.S. products that's, you know, and you say, I want to offset that, okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can do that. We can say that. We can say that. I don't know that it's a demand issue. I think it's a supply issue. But we can disagree about that, and I, I'll I'll recognize the fact that I don't run the Fed. He does. But if you wanted to change people's behavior, you needed to do more. And indeed, if you were going to say, this is a mid-cycle correction, and I want to really move inflation back toward 2%, and I really want to do something that's more like a one-and-done, you probably needed to do more than 25 basis points. Okay, I don't agree with this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for a larger cut. However, if you wanted to do what I, it seems like, if I can try to interpret Powell, if you want to do what it seems like he wants to do, you probably needed to do a 50 basis point cut and then say, okay, I'm doing more than you expected. But this is a one shot deal. This is a mid cycle correction that would have looked like a mid cycle adjustment that would not have looked that would not have been um, what we saw instead instead you 're now out there and and just completely exposed and the market reaction to this has been just terrible. I was watching uh, I was watching, I think I was watching CNBC, and they're holding up grades for the press conference. Okay, let me just say, with those grades, he would not be able to graduate from any school that I know. I'll be back after this with some concluding comments and comments from others to sort of drive home that point right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
13: Where they feel safe.
6: Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley.
4: Message and data rates may apply.
6: Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over?
4: Wear a hat?
6: Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real natural hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE22 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. You wash it. You cut it. It's your own, real, naturally growing hair. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you, for free, how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text SAVE22 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-22 to 85850. (laughs)
3: Wow, prolife across America is celebrating its 30th year of saving babies that's right. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We began three decades ago, and thanks to our supporters, we now have billboards, radio ads, and Internet ads across the country. So what have we learned in these 30 years? No woman wants an abortion. Most feel panic, pressure, and alone. Our hotline receives an average of 200 to 250 calls a month. We connect callers with free, confidential, and life-affirming assistance. Please help continue this legacy of support or post-abortion assistance. Visit us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or to donate today, simply press pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key words, Pro-Life. pro, Life. pro Life America, non-political and totally educational.
14: America, the Billboard people.
2: This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Twenty of the Democrats vying to be our next president finished two nights of debates where it became very clear that the energy of the party was behind policies that would push America to the far left, making the Democrats of the past look like conservatives. Several leading Democrats, including Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, endorsed single payer health care plans that would kick over 160 million Americans off the private health coverage they currently have and enjoy. Still others like Julian Castro and Cory Booker called for decriminalizing the act of crossing the U.S. border without authorization. And Warren led the charge for a multi-trillion-dollar plan to forgive student debt. Meanwhile, President Trump is gleefully waiting, essentially unopposed, to run against one of these Democrats next year. He'll make the election a contest between socialism and capitalism, and I have a pretty good idea of which side of that argument will emerge victorious. I'm Lonnie Chen.
0: Sponsored by ADF Alliance Defending Freedom.
10: Market drops five
1: points. I'm glad my money's tied up in hay.
5: Welcome back, King Daniel Show. This is fourteen forty. Never go wrong with Mister Ed. We still haven't explained to the young folks what the uh, what the what the fuss was about, Mister Ed. It was a good show. Um. Anyway, let me. Uh, let me play you some of the market reaction because I really think what 's happened has been has been more confusion rather than less. Let me give you a few reactions okay first of all, let me go to uh, 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 Robin Brooks Robin Brooks was a uh, used to be uh, at Goldman Sachs uh, and at the IMF as a senior economist he 's now the chief economist for the Institute for International Finance but he 's on he 's on afterwards and and the, and he 's upset about the market reaction to this because he thinks everyone has overreacted well i, I don 't think I blame them but let 's get let 's get his view cut number one please
3: first of all, I thought that the commentary after the foMC today and the press conference has really been too hawkish the kind of hawkish cut commentary that i 've seen. Uh, one and done. I don't really think that describes what happened today at all. Mm -hmm. I think the mid-cycle adjustment language that uh, Chairman Powell used is important. The mid-cycle adjustments that we saw in 95 and 98 were 75 basis points each, so three cuts each. And I think that is actually pretty close to what the market was pricing going into this uh, meeting. And so I don't really think on the substance there was much of a hawker surprise at all. Uh, So my basic point here is I think markets here need to chill a little bit. And the underlying theme is more dovish than I think markets perceive
5: today. And again, I would point out 95-98 are two different episodes of banking crisis. They are not trade tension issues. They are not, this is different than what happened back then. And I think everyone will go back and look. the '98 reaction was to LTCM, long-term capital management, a story that we've talked about in brief here when we've had Vern McKinley on when he did his first book, Financing Failure. Um, if you, okay, LTCM is one, is, one particular, is one particular story, but it's in reaction to a specific banking sector shock. This is not that, okay? Instead, Scott Minard comes on. Minard comes on. He's from Guggenheim Partners, another Wall Street uh, investment house, and he has this to say about that. Let's play cut number five, please.
4: What does that speak to?
5: Well, I think, look, I, I think that uh, the chairman has given the
6: Fed a third mandate mm-hmm. uh, away from price stability and full employment. And uh, the bottom line is, I think that's code for expect more rate cuts to keep this thing going. And, uh, you know, I made this comment before here that the Fed is in with both feet here. They, they are convinced that they have to keep the economy <laughs> expanding because
5: they're afraid of the right. Japan disease spreading to the United States. Right, and this is where the low inflation comment keeps coming up. The Fed can impact inflation, although it's not it, it doesn't control the inflation rate. It's a target of policy and it can it can do that. So if it decides it wants to go back to 2% from 1.5 or 1.6 or whatever you think the core inflation rate in this economy is right now. There are different ways to measure it. I would argue that it's probably it's probably higher. It's probably at the 2% range, but we can we can disagree about that. That's okay. Right? But what they are talking about right now is the fact that that you have all this trade uncertainty and you're trying to offset supply shocks. With monetary policy. And the problem is when we've tried that in the past, that was the 1970s, and that was the episode where you got both increasing unemployment and increasing inflation simultaneously. My concern is that's where we end up. We end up with a 1970s style, something that we used to call stagflation, stagnation with inflation. The stagnation caused by trade policy that decreases global trade flows. And inflation caused by a Federal Reserve that somehow thinks it needs to react to that. The Fed reacted in 1973-1974 to the fact that they had both the first OPEC shock, because OPEC was upset that the U.S. was capping capping oil prices, through the second piece, wage and price controls. The Fed thought it had permission to, therefore, expand monetary policy significantly to support a weak economy. It got a recession anyway in 75-76, relatively short but pretty deep, and then ended up with stagflation in the following three to four years, eventually leading, of course, to the end, to, to leading to all kinds of things like the moral equivalent of war, the... The the second energy crisis in '79, and and eventually eventually the uh, the loss uh, of Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan in 1980. That's all possible here. That's all possible here. And it's trying to do it using a tool that it's really not meant for. Now, let me go back to Bob Eisenbeis uh, to talk about to talk about the fact that I think the tools that the Fed is trying to use are, in fact, inappropriate. This was on Bloomberg Radio yesterday. Cut number seven, please, John.
12: They were not very convincing as to why they were doing it, especially uh, – I'd make, make two points. First, if the problems are slowdown in Europe and trade issues – it's not obvious to me how a cut in interest rates is going to solve those dislocations. It's not, uh, so I think I think that's one of the things to sort of uh, put in the back of our mind that it's just not there's not much of a connection between at this juncture the problems they're trying to address and the tools that they have to address it. Secondly, uh, Chairman Powell kept referring to uncertainty about trade, uncertainty about. The global outlook. Well, to an economist, uncertainty has a special meaning. It means that you don't have an idea as to what the probabilities are going to be of an event occurring. That's different from risk, where you do have some way of figuring out what the likelihood of these events. I don't know of a single theory that says that monetary policy helps to deal with uncertainty. So I think, I think they've really painted themselves into a corner. And I guessed right. before the meeting that should they make a cut, two things will happen. They will be criticized by the president, and the markets will be crying for more. And that, that appears to be yep. what's happening.
5: Indeed. Uh, of course, president, president Trump hasn't let up on, on Jay Powell with a 25% cut. And that's why I think, you know, he could have bought himself some more room, but this was the, the, it may well be that, that basically hearing, uh, uh, Eric Rosengren from the Boston fed saying, you know, we're an independent central bank and we don't, we don't cotton to the president interfering in our, in our deliberations. Um, that might be why you got 25 rather than a bolder move for 50. I think that's probably if they wanted to communicate what it seems they wanted to communicate, the better choice probably would have been to do a bigger cut. Okay? I don't like it. I don't think it's necessary. I wouldn't vote for it. But based on the explanations that uh, Chairman Powell tried to give, he, he probably should have gone bigger or gone home. I expect them to be out with some more statements and some clarifications in the next week because this has gone really poorly, and we'll be here to tell you about those. John, thanks for standing in for Andrew and for your production work there. Uh, Eric, uh, who's training down there as well, welcome to uh, to, uh, the King Banyan Show, and we'll be back here next week with another episode of the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Goodbye.
12: Free
9: offer contingent on subscription. Pay shipping and handling. Cancel any time. Message and data rates may apply.
14: When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max. A patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone, promoting greater increases in muscle size, and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free when you text the word GRIT to 606060. 60, 60. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text GRIT to 606060. 60, 60.
13: Text GRIT Where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav video.com.
4: Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRCleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.